Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter here for BeaversEdge.com. Joined by Beavers Edge writer and KGO radio host TJ Matthewson. Back here for another edition of the Edge Podcast. Glad to be back with you guys. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. Definitely a hiatus for TJ. We haven't talked since before the bowl game, so we got a lot to catch up on. But just want to go ahead and welcome you guys back into the podcast. Great to be back with you. TJ, how was your holiday, man? Did you get some downtime with the family and... Yeah, it's uh, 2023, my friend. What's your New Year's resolution? Yeah, man. I haven't spent that much time in a row at home since I was, like, unemployed before I started here. So it (laughs) it felt like a lot longer than, like, I think the 11 days I was home. Sure. Uh, in Seattle so it was it was good to get some 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 relaxation and uh, see some family I almost drove up on the day of the ice storm I was thinking Ooh, about I was planning to drive up on yeah Friday. that was that was dicey. I was planning to do that and then everyone around here is like uh you probably shouldn't do that I was like really and they're yeah. like no, yeah, no no you should drive like now and yeah. I'm thankful I did because I drive up I make the four-hour trek after you know the show here on Thursday and I make it uh, I make it to Seattle and I wake up the next day and my car is covered in about an eighth of an inch of yep. ice all the way around. It yep. was just a, an absolute madhouse. I've never had it where you you literally can't even walk on the concrete outside. I mean, mm. I put my mm. foot down to, you know, and I'm trying to grip it and it's like sliding all over the place. I'm like, this is dangerous. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, I didn't end up. Being able to make it into work that day, me and my two-wheel drive uh, Honda Civic were uh, were decommissioned that day. Couldn't even make it the the five six miles down the road here from from where I work. But yeah, so that day, like you said, it was. I've lived in Oregon my entire life, seeing a um, uh, not any kind of snow. I know some people got everyone kind of got something a little bit different, but here in Sherwood, where I am, it was like you said, just that feet of ice so like going outside to like walk my dog or anything like that it just almost felt like you were kind of like floating a little bit because you couldn't find the ground so definitely a unique weather thing something i haven't really remembered too much in my lifetime very happy it didn't stay around very long because it was still a little slushy going over to uh, my family's at christmas eve the next day Mm -hmm. the day the day after trying to remember my days but yeah glad it didn't stick around and impact christmas but while we are on the note, uh, if anybody w- listened to the podcast that uh, ran into any flights during that uh, that stretch, I send my uh, send my condolences to you. Everything that I saw on the news, and given that yours truly flew to Las Vegas the week prior, uh, it hit home and had I had some delays myself getting down, and uh, mine were simply just delays, not cancellations. So weather like ice and snow doesn't doesn't do great here up here in the Portland metro, TJ. No. No, well, they don't salt the roads. They don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't clear it. Although I don't even think you could really clear it, because like I'm serious. Unless you salted all the ice, I mean, yeah. you could. You you would need a pick yeah. to get that ice off the ground. And yeah, I, it, it was, was so funny was because I I wake up on Friday morning and my parents point out up the street at the top of our hill. We live on a hill. Yeah, and someone had already at like 8 30 in the morning ran into the street post up there and it was bent at a 45 degree angle i was like i need to go take a picture of this do you know how hard it was to get up that hill oh man i couldn't couldn't even imagine being the way it goes out my back door right i have to either go downstairs or i go to the garage and i go up a driveway so it's like really a lose-lose so i ended up sliding down the stairs on, on my butt down to the sidewalk and then yeah. from there, I'm like, okay, how am I going to get to the grass? Because at least the grass, you can kind of step through the ice. Yeah. Um, I somehow made it across the sidewalk, <laughs> and I walked <laughs> up the hill, and I took a picture on the grass. 
and then getting back down was just an adventure. I had to, I literally had to slide on my ass across the <laughs> sidewalk to get back to my, my, my back door. It was, it was, it was really funny to watch. It, I can imagine it. Like I said, it was, it was a bit of a crazy weather pattern and all that, but again, glad it didn't last very long. Definitely added a little, uh, little fun to the holidays for sure and speaking of the fun holidays obviously as we mentioned uh, to open up the podcast tj and i haven't specifically talked with each other or in you know the both of us together to you all uh since oregon state's a uh, crushing of florida in the uh, las vegas bowl tj it seems like forever ago with how many with the bowl season now all the way complete with the beavers being you know some of the first teams to play but you know still a couple weeks later the the the, uh, the shine hasn't wore off yet and we'll obviously get into uh, the nuts and bolts. We're obviously going to get into uh, DJU choosing the Beavers as a little Christmas Eve present for Beaver fans, uh, TJ. I know Oregon State fans were ecstatic uh, to get that news uh, unofficially the day before Christmas Eve, officially the day of Christmas Eve. Um, you know, a lot to, lot to catch up on. But the biggest takeaway I've had in these last couple of weeks, TJ, uh, the vibes are high for Oregon State football and just Oregon State right now in general. The highest I've seen in, in some time. There's some buzz about this program. There's some excitement. There's, you know, people that I've ran into that are like, I can't wait for next season. People who are like, I can't wait for spring football. There's just a buzz about this program that three, four years ago, you would have thought was impossible. I mean, the expectations are just changed now. Yeah. I'm I mean, changing. it is before anyone transferred in. You said, okay, Pac-12, you, you should probably – you want your goal next year is to win the conference. I mean, bar none. If you don't win the conference next year, you can call that a disappointment. And now you've got your quarterback. Yeah. Every, everyone was like, you need to go out there and get your blue chip quarterback. And I'm saying, I'm like, yes, I think you do. It is, uh, but it is more importantly up to the support system, the boosters, the collectives at Oregon state to make it happen because that's what it's going to cost. And they got one of the biggest fishes in the pond. Could yeah. you imagine going back to what was it, uh, the 2020 class and saying DJU is going to be at Oregon State, the number two player nationally in his recruiting yeah. class? Number yeah. two. I mean, I mean, it's 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 still something that I think a lot of Beaver fans are like, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, kind of a thing. And you know, obviously he's here, all those things. But we talked about it before we jumped on the pod. He'll likely officially be official like a referee referee whistle uh, on january 9th when winter term starts that's the expectation but i mean not just that uh tj because we're obviously going to you know talk about what dj is going to bring to the program a little bit more later in the podcast but just the the cascading bit, bits of good news katano ladapo announces he's coming back for another year james rawls announces he's coming back for another year uh the deflection obviously being alex austin declaring for the nfl draft but so far you know, a few guys still have decisions to make. Riley Sharp, Isaac Hodgins. Um, I'm drawing a blank on, on someone else off the top of my head who uh, definitely is still in the mix to uh, to make a decision whether or not to come back. But, it, it, you know, so far, like getting a couple big time uh, acquisitions to come back is, is key. Yeah, it's big. And, you know, there's going to be there's going to be another transfer portal period in May 1st to yep. the 15th where you could see more departures after spring football so that's the that's really the only other period to think about because the portal itself closes oh, i wrote it down yesterday do you know when exactly january what 15 it's, it's coming up let me look it up real quick i think it might be sunday the 15th is when when it closes and guys can't uh can't jump in the portal anymore so uh, january I mean, 18th so we 18th. got some time right. still yeah right. so we're so getting like, bit... we're getting closer and closer to yeah. we're getting a good picture of what next year's roster would look like 
Right. And, you know, let's be objective here. The Pac-12 next year is going to be really good. I thought our play yeah. in the regular season, the Pac-12, as a conference as a whole, you could argue is the best conference, right? Yeah. Six top 20 teams. No other conference had that. The, the Pac-12 did not have the best teams, but they had the most good teams. Right. So, or the, the, what Oregon State's going to be tasked with doing next year is arguably winning the deepest conference in college football. And that's, right. a, that's a tough task. But if you were to pick a roster to do it, this would be the roster because it is shaping up to get better and better and better. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, you know, more than anything, TJ, when you're kind of looking at like how the pieces are starting to come together, like obviously, as I mentioned, Alex Austin and Rajon Wright are, you know, for Austin declaring early rate or Wright, excuse me, being a senior, the Beavers lose a pair of corners. And then Jaden Grant obviously departing as well because of um, eligibility and graduation. How key was it for Oladapo to come back and kind of add some experience to that secondary along with uh, who we expect most likely, actually not most likely, in all likelihood, Alton Julian to be healthy and 100% back this year? So then you think about it this way. Okay, you have two returning safeties, a guy in uh, Alton Julian who you really liked in the 2021 season. He just got hurt, unfortunately. But now he's going to be healthy for 2023. So it's like, okay, so we only have to replace half of our secondary. And the problem is you look at uh, Rajon right now, Austin, it's like, well, those are probably two NFL corners. Maybe they're not going to start in the NFL, but they're probably going to make a roster, right? You would think. Right. So the, what you can do when you have two NFL corners is just so much different. I mean, you can trust those guys so much more to just sit them out there on the outside. And it, and it really gives Trent Bray a lot more freedom with what he can call on defense. Now, when you have other guys sliding in there, maybe they have as much confidence in those guys, but we're going to have to see it first. Right. And I mean, it, it changes. I mean, it, it, it might change initially <clears throat> what they're going to do on defense. Yeah, no, I think the key, I think there's there's definitely a need now for the Beavers, and I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on as far as positions go um, in the via the portal is maybe looking for a guy who can instantly play at corner. Uh, I think they like the depth. I mean, we saw what Ryan Cooper was able to do in his first year. I think he's going to be a really good player for this program. Obviously, as we mentioned, Alton Julian back, Oladapo back, and then Jaden Robinson, when he played in the seat of Rajon Wright, Played pretty well. So I think they like what they have beyond those guys. You know, there's some unproven depth there. You know, Skylar Thomas, a couple other guys who have given you time, but not quite as deep as it was this last year where, like, you know, Ryan Cooper and, you know, um, um, Ryan Cooper and, like, you know, Jaden Grant or whoever was kind of like your extra guy as far as wanting to fill in the nickel, fill in the safety. So there, it's definitely going to be a challenge to replace some guys. And obviously the, the name that I missed earlier that still has a decision to make, TJ, is Omar Spates, obviously mm-hmm. right in the middle of the linebacking core. So the way I see it is you've still got Omar Spates, Riley Sharp, Isaac Hodgins, um, and then potentially Deshaun Fenwick in that category of guys who I believe technically have graduated could mm-hmm. move on, be done with football, enter the transfer portal. I think, I mean, just based on how the scholarships have shaken out, we've taken a look at beaversedge.com. I think there's going to be a little bit more attrition, uh, maybe not out of that specific group that I just mentioned, but I think there will be a few more guys to depart between now and say maybe spring, maybe after. Um, but for the most part, I expect 
a good amount of that group to come back. I mean, I think it's possible that like Omar Spates is kind of deciding. I think he's got, you know, the talent to potentially play at the next level consistently. So I think he's kind of in that mix. Um, but yeah, I mean, just based on the tone of like James Rawls and Oladapo, both guys who penned in their letter, TJ came back to want to win a Pac-12 championship. That seems like something guys on the fence might be like, Hey, let's run it back. And I think the biggest positive is you didn't see there's really no attrition from the you mentioned there will be based on scholarships, which I believe. But yeah, I mean, two or initially three, after two or the three, season, four guys, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not initially many. after the season, there is like no one entering the portal besides Chance Nolan, really. Yeah, you had um, Chance Nolan. You had uh, Ron Harge right before the season ended. Uh, I'm right. trying to think of uh, who else. Um, um, uh, Jonathan Riley entered the portal as well as a scholarship guy. But like you but said, minimal. Really, it's minimal. just minimal. minimal. And that, that just speaks so much volume to to where the program culture is at. And, it's pretty, and yeah. I what mean, the guys believe they can do next year. I mean, it, it should be something special. And, you know, I think when people see, okay, well, we have DJ now. Even though, like, the coaching staff's not going to say DJ is starting right away because they want to keep Ben, and they don't. There's no real depth in that quarterback room now. Uh, Tristan Jebbia, uh, who we had on our local show here today on 1240 Joe Radio, uh, he's in the transfer portal. He's going to get an extra year to play. He's going to go somewhere else. He, uh, he, He's going to want to, as we talked to him during the fall, he's going to want to get into coaching eventually. So that'll probably factor into someone of his decision of where he wants to go. But um, so he's in the portal. He's not, not coming back. Uh, Chance in the portal. Um, you still then, got what, And then you, and then you have Throckmorton unproven, yeah, yeah. Don Montiel unproven, Aiden Childs raw and unproven. So, right. you know, Jonathan doesn't want Ben to go. Ben's already gotten his flavor of starting and succeeding in this offense well you got this you know five-star blue chip guy coming in and yeah. you probably paid him a handsome amount of money to 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 get here so that'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as uh, as things go along you sure we just didn't give him a local boy scholarship tj i mean <laughs> well i mean i mean he's probably, not gonna be, he's probably not gonna be paying for food in corvallis right i mean no no no, no. i doubt <laughs> i mean i mean we can speculate i'm sure if we went through have, enough back have, channels we could we yeah, could figure I mean, out yeah what I'll, he's say, getting. I'll say i'll say a, he was not he did not come here out of the good of his heart well and i'll say this out of you know all the fun speculation i i don't have any behind the scenes on what exactly was the hook line and sinker to land the big fish that you know it, it's like put it this way tj what were they using for bait right that that, that is the was question. it the was it the four hundred thousand dollars in the four bedroom house that jt daniels wanted i mean who knows right i mean do you, you think know, rice gave him that no I, I think his, his, his market value, um, you know, it's like a stock, right? You know, it's like he right. had good mark, you know, it's like going up or going down. But no, yeah. I mean, I'm sure eventually maybe something will come out. Maybe it won't. And, you know, who knows, right, with that whole situation. But it's the name of the game. It's not like it's shady or dirty or anything like that in college football. Everybody's doing it. So, you know, kudos to Oregon State if they did for kind of moving that along. But let's uh, let's have a little bit of fun here, TJ. Say his full name. DJ 
Ui Unga Lele. I've said it like a thousand yep, times. Yep, me too. I, Ui yeah. Unga Lele. Yep, yep. I've nailed it now. I've nailed it. So if, if any of you that are listening, watching at home, uh, try to practice it 10 times fast and uh, see if you can have it uh, by the time spring it's, and fall It's not that around. hard once you get it down, to be honest. But uh, I, I, I will say after combing through YouTube and looking up, you know, um, of when he first came over, learning how to say it correctly, learning, you know, how different announcers have said it, and some have really messed up on it over the years, TJ. Um, but no, hearing um, uh, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson uh, say before the season, he goes, yeah, he's just cool if you call him DJU. And I'm like, that's going to work for a lot of Oregon <laughs> State fans. That's going to work just fine, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's a problem he's, he's had to deal with before. I mean, that it's a... <laughs> It's a tricky last name, but it's now going to be a family affair here in the uh, Mid-Willamette Conference because his brother, a five-star now, defensive end, is going to be at Oregon. Going down um, south. So probably helps. Yeah, yeah probably no, helps. Gonna... That'll, that'll make the Civil War very fun. Yeah, the sibling rivalry, and we were talking about it a little bit on Rip City Mornings. We couldn't ever think of a situation where um, a pair of brothers this high profile – had played opposing at the two schools. Now, granted, that wasn't a deep dive. So if anyone knows in a, a close example of something like this, feel free to drop it in the comments because I'm very curious. But to my knowledge, TJ, this is like the first like real massive sibling rivalry between like two blue chip recruits. Like ever? I mean, as far like at Oregon and Oregon State specifically. Like well, a brother yes. at Oregon and a brother at Oregon State kind of a thing. It helps they're both five stars. Five star yeah. guys. Yeah, and again, because of Oregon State's, you know, relative lack of five stars, just recruiting history, that's just kind of how that cookie crumbled, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to get a thought on on your numbers, uh, TJ. What kind of – what kind of – what stands out to you the most about DJ? For me, it wasn't so much, you know, his – you know, it, it, just like his the, – the numbers as much as it was. I love his physique, his frame, how he's big and tall – I like that he's able to run and had his most successful year running the football this last year. Uh, I think you can kind of mesh the Coletto package into a DJ type package. And I also like that, you know, he was a little bit more efficient this year, passing the ball certainly can clean up a little bit of his efficiency. I think he can trim down his interceptions a little bit, but bottom lining it, TJ, there are things he can do with the football that no one else on the roster currently can as from that quarterback position. You go on YouTube and watch his deep ball placement. It's no disrespect to the guys, but Oregon State just hasn't had that. No, they haven't. And there's a reason. Like, if you think back to his, like, high school recruiting, he would be in the number one recruit Oregon State's ever had if he came here out of high school. He's not. Yep. Of course, he's a transfer. But – uh, that's just like that's just kind of the talent we're talking about. And uh, what I, whatever I think about DJ, I remember his first start he ever had. You remember that Trevor Lawrence had COVID, yes, and yes, so he had to sit out at Notre Dame. He goes on the road to an eventual top four Notre Dame team, yeah, and lights him up for four hundred yards, and and you know probably should have won the game. Yeah. Notre Dame came back and and won the game uh, that game later because Clemson's defense got shredded. But, you know, he was just awesome in that game. And that's always what I think about because it seemed like from that moment on, like the, the expectations of DJ were just it's that he has to be Bryce Young, that he has to be Bryce Young, who was the guy who he was right behind in the recruiting rankings back in 2020. And Bryce Young, of course, is probably going to go number one overall in this draft to the Houston Texans. And people are looking at DJ, okay, well, why aren't you that? Yeah. Well, I think that might have, you know, maybe we'll 
get a little bit out of him when spring football rolls around and we get to talk to him about, you know, what his time was like at Clemson, if he really felt that pressure. And um, and growth isn't always linear. That's the thing. No, is everybody's, it's not. everybody's journey is different, right? Everyone's journey has different ups and downs. And, you know, I hate to use it as a example, but it's like, you know, you look at just around, around college football, right? Whether it's, you know, Cam Ward, <clears throat> excuse me, coming out of uh, a division two school in incarnate ward to up to Washington state. Dare I say the success of Bo Nix going from Auburn to Oregon, you know, kind of the same kind of a deal. Auburn was kind of done with Bo Nix. He ended up going there. You know, you look at just numerous other transfers and now Oregon state kind of gets into that mix. And I think they kind of have a little, uh, obviously Penix, duh, duh, sorry for, I knew I was forgetting another big one. Uh, Penix with, you know, his success coming over from Indiana to Washington, lead the nation in passing. Uh, I think Oregon state was kind of like, you know, I, I want some of that and kind of get in on that mix a little bit. And now I think they finally got their stud. I mean, how many times TJ throughout this, you know, football season, did you and I sit here on this podcast say, well, that's a game that they might've won with elite quarterback play. That's a game they might have won with elite quarterback play. Maybe even just great quarterback play instead of average to maybe below good average. on a yeah. yeah, good on maybe a good couple series below average. I mean, you know, I can't I can't uh, you know, you know, Ben did win Las Vegas Bowl MVP, TJ. So I have to give him his flowers a little bit. And I think DJ's gonna enjoy sort of a change of pace in offense because I think Yeah. It's a lot more. There, there's no like you know hard facts on this, but like there's just some speculation that the Clemson coaching staff didn't exactly help him out that much. It seemed like, or at least it wasn't a good fit for his skill set per se. Yeah. Now it's going to be interesting. A different offense. I mean, it's a true pro style offense they run here. And when you're like, hey, you want to go to the NFL? It's like, oh, I'm going to run a pro style offense. We're going to line up under center, deep play action, throw the ball down the field, run the ball well. Yep. Uh, operate from the pocket all things i think dj can do well and the added element the fact that he's massive and he can run i mean mm -hmm. it's awesome it, it is awesome i'm so happy for for beaver fans that they're, oh, they're yeah. gonna get this this to watch this guy oh yeah it <clears throat> excuse me again it, it's gonna be special and that's something that i think oregon state fans you know there hasn't been a guy like that um or like this rather under center in years and i think he's gonna bring an element um you know to the position that is just gonna be really special and you know, uh, I, I think the sky is truthfully the limit if, you know, some other pieces can fall into place. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I think if Omar Spates comes back, I think if Isaac Hodgins comes back, you maybe grab, you know, a depth piece at receiver, maybe grab a depth piece at corner. All of a sudden, you know, you're running back a unit, TJ, that really resembles the same group that you had this last year. You know, we talk about, you know, DJ obviously got to throw in the offensive line addition of Grant Stark coming over from Nevada too, right around the same time kind of got lost in the shuffle with DJ, but Grant obviously was, you know, a big time offensive lineman in Nevada and a guy, a lot of people feel can be a plug and play replacement potentially for Brandon Kipper as you know, he was an all mountain West selection. So I, I really liked how the Beavers just kind of quietly handled their business. DJ, they trounced Florida, went into the holiday break and, you know, had a nice little, transfer portal Christmas present and now you know you talk about the lack of attrition going on these last couple of weeks a few guys kind of moving on you know making their decisions based on what's best for them uh, individually of course but as we turn the clock now and get to January we've got more guys announcing that they're coming back and I think it's going to be very interesting to kind of see 
how the final dominoes kind of fall with the February signing period before we get into April or March, whenever spring football ultimately ends up being, because uh, spring football is going to have an exciting element to this year or to it this year, excuse me. Yeah, it is. I think it's going to be, you know, for the site, it's probably going to be your highest traffic you've gotten in how many years, you would guess. It's gonna, I mean, just the excitement around the program, right? People want to be a part of it. You know, speaking of which, uh, yeah, you, if you're not a part of Beaver's Edge, you absolutely need to be. Uh, it's uh, got great inside information, and like TJ said, we're gonna be all over uh, spring football uh, this year, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean, just the the hubbub, the buzz. Um, Oregon State coming off a 10 win campaign. I mean, that's just that's that, that the the program just has not been there in in years that we haven't seen. So. How Oregon State can sustain this success is going to be interesting. And the kind of the last point I want to mention before we kind of wrap up the podcast, TJ, is just kind of mentioning how you think they're going to fit into the scheme of the Pac-12, you know, next year, just based on what we see, you know, just to kind of, you know, we mentioned it earlier, the Pac-12 started off good, right? We thought, you know, Pac-12 bowl season was looking good. Then, you know, didn't end so well as USC, Utah, UCLA, uh, all fall uh, along with Washington state and Oregon, Oregon state, Washington are the lone winners. It, it, you know, you, you look at how the conference is shaken out next year. You know, you've got Michael Penix up there in Seattle. You've got DJU and Corvallis. You've got Bo Nix in Eugene. You've got, you know, Cam rising potentially back in um, uh, Utah. You've obviously got Caleb Williams back in um, USC a um, couple other guys that, you know, maybe aren't quite as high profile that I'm just, you know, missing on at the moment, TJ. But Dante one Moore. He- yeah, one heck of a group. I mean, there's going to be a lot of talent in the Pac-12 next year. And as you mentioned, the gauntlet for Oregon State to go through. But do you think, based on everything that we've seen, and I think, yes, the acquisition of DJU closed the gap, and now it really is just may the best team win kind yeah, of a thing and Oregon State won't be like uh the, the the big what if that's out there yeah they're on the same tier now at least last year you're like man if only you had a quarterback only you had good quarterback play as we've already mentioned oh if only man if the quarterback play was better uh well there's no excuse now because yeah. I think you're on the same tier as everyone else you're on the same tier as Utah with Cam Rising back you're on the same tier as Washington I think as a Washington's going to be a preseason top 10, top five team with Michael Penix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be in that group as well with Caleb Williams uh, and a, and a top recruiting class Oregon, Oregon? Oregon back is going to be up yeah. there. Um, again, Dante Moore was the number one, I think number one quarterback in the class. He's going to UCLA. Uh, he flipped from Oregon when Kenny Dillingham left and is going right. to Oregon UCLA State, now. Oregon state will right. be preseason ranked. They'll be in that mix. Right. Obviously. Right. Uh, Oregon state should be preseason. What? 15 or something. They'll, they'll be they ranked. Have- They'll right, be right ranked there. pretty high in the preseason. I mean, the expectation is going to be there now. Like, yeah. it is there. You are on the same tier as everyone else. You got to go win those games. You yeah. Know, like you're going to go win those games. Yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, like you said, the talent in this conference, particularly at the quarterback position, has not been seen, I think, in many years. And I think it's going to be, you know, if you thought this year was exciting and, you know, the number of 10-win teams in the conference, a couple 11-win teams as well, it was, you know, it was right down to the final day. You know, you talk about how uh, the Pac-12, you know, title game was ultimately impacted. Utah ended up going, you know, and it, it, it's setting the stage for what's going to be a very exciting uh, 2023 campaign. And as we mentioned, you know, Oregon State wrapped up the early signing period, added a couple of transfers in DJU and Grant Stark, and then 
you know, now kind of approach kind of the second half of the signing period coming up in February and kind of starting to turn their eye towards uh, spring football. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all, how it all kind of shakes out, but nevertheless, TJ, an exciting time for Oregon state athletics and exciting, an exciting time, particularly uh, for Oregon state football. And, you know, if you had asked or told somebody that this is how it would be when Oregon state, you know, hired Jonathan Smith, it's, I mean, the most optimistic fan probably would have, you know, had a bit of a, are we sure? Kind of a thing. 10 wins. Yeah. 10 wins. Yeah. But here they are, 10 wins. It's yeah. like, it is the, it's the, it's the norm now. And that's what it is. And it, and it feels sustainable. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And I think as long as Oregon State continues to have staff continuity, continues to, you know, recruit the way that they're recruiting and, you know, make them, you know, Great personnel decisions, you know, locking in Trent Bray, so on and so forth. I think so, you're right. They, go ahead. You yeah. mentioned personnel continuity. And I'm, I'm, I keep seeing more and more about how much other assistants are making. And, and I, I see Trent Bray's extension. And uh, he did, he got a signet, He got a pretty good ex, um, uh, pay bump for, for yeah. Oregon State. But the thing, you know, I, I, I don't know what his number is to get blown away. But I'm watching USC against Tulane, mm. and that de- their defense just absolutely falling apart, like absolutely. Mm. And people are, you know, all off the Alex Grinch train uh, down there. It seems yeah. like crazy. I, would would USC do that? Would they blow him away? I the style of life doesn't suit him. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see I, it. We just say that to a point, though. Yeah, I mean, to a I just point, and then someone offers to, uh, you know, offers you a hundred, like, um, you know, two hundred or one hundred and fifty percent of your current salary, uh, raise. Yeah, I mean, right? If he's making like, it, like, let me put it this way, that's the difference, right? Living in Corvallis, Oregon, making seven hundred thousand a year. Say he was even just going to be making one point five, you're losing right. how much more of that in taxes and cost of living? Okay, I mean, that, that's a, that's a decent point. But I mean, at some, you know, at, at so, some point, I feel like there's there is a there is a like a freeze point there. There is it, like so how, it, how that come it he, reaches it. I mean, it's a different it's a different situation. But how come he couldn't be Oregon State's Brent Venables when he was Clemson's defensive coordinator for eight years and turned but down I would, numerous I, offers? That, I, that would also require the university, I think, to to pony up a little bit more than what they're paying oh, think, him right now. Oh, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. his contract is only two years. Oh, yeah. Right. No, I totally agree with you. I think it has to continue to be – it's stacked like pieces of cheddar on a burger, right? I think it's going right. to have to keep going year by year. Right. But so, I think – right – go ahead. Yeah. Say just for, like, example, right? Uh, like, I'm home. I'm driving around. I'm listening to the Husky pregame show before the um, before the their Alamo Bowl win. Yeah, sure. Did you know their offensive coordinator is now making $2 million a year? Two. I believe it. And I'm thinking, okay, it's like, well, they qualify him as an elite coordinator in this Mm -hmm. conference, and Trent Bray falls under that same category, and he's making seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, the way that like the way that I see it is, it's just it's about it's about earning it along the way, right? So it's kind of like how last year they wrote a brand new contract for Jonathan, and then this year, not even twelve months later, wrote him a brand new contract and double his money. I think it's more about just like proving, and I think it's like Trent Bray's defense was great this year. He does right. it again next year, probably double his money again. So I, I think that I would not be shocked if we you mentioned rewriting if they just rewrite it again sometime this spring. If I, you know, 
They could. I mean, if he, if he leverages is, it, because I wouldn't be shocked if USC walks up to his front door is like, we'll write you a check. Yeah, I mean, if if base, you know, from what from what I can, I think I know, you know, and you know, covering this program, I think now that they're winning, and what I know about how football is the cash cow that drives everything else. When football's making money, your university is making money. And when football's not making money, your university is, you know, athletic department side, maybe not doing so well. So now that Oregon State's winning games, if you keep winning games, you can write checks that you plan to, you know, cash later, so to speak. Look at Colorado, who's like, yeah, we don't know how we're going to pay Dion, but we'll figure it out. That's, kind of the way of the name of the game to keep up and it's like does oregon state have every dollar allocated towards the smith extension right now maybe maybe not but regardless they're like this momentum we have to capitalize it well it's like a stock right you have to buy it you have to buy it and you know get it and i think it's kind of like trent bray is continuing to show that respect giving him raises you know yearly bi-yearly that i think will keep him competitive and i think it's like within Kind of like with Smith, as long as he's within an earshot of his peers, then I say, but when you do the math and break it all down, I think Oregon State will have a hard time losing assistance. I just don't think it'll happen too much because Jonathan is, you know, picking guys that want to be here. And I think it goes the same way with the players. Like you said, the lack of attrition. I just think, why would you want to leave Oregon State right now, TJ? That's the big thing. It's a good point. That's a good point. So, some people we'll would see. say for two million. Some people would say for two million dollars. <laughs> but if that's not your mo- if that's not your motivation, then you're right. You're Why talking you about an imaginary offer. It's not even there. Well, it could be there. Did, <laughs> did you watch that bowl game? Right, but I'm just saying it. Could, you know, I mean, it's not like it's being reported or anything. So no. I mean, TJ's throwing some bad vibes out into the ethos <laughs> right now. Well, I'm just being so. objective here. <laughs> so no, that's the, when I saw that collapse. That is the first thing I thought. Of. Yeah, that's. I didn't really that's think about that's it. That's all I thought of. Yeah, no, and honestly, for the other side of the coin, I didn't think about it because you know that, like I said, hearing what Trent Bray said when he's like. I don't have the desire to be a head coach. This is the style of life that I like. And then most importantly, TJ, money does not motivate me. Granted, you could be saying that for the cameras, but how many guys actually do that? I don't know if I could be able to do that. All I'll say is Nick Saban (laughs) said he didn't want the Alabama job. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. A big thanks to TJ for joining me. Uh, see, it only took us just a few minutes to start laughing and having fun again. Certainly uh, enjoy doing this podcast with you, man. It's been too long, and uh, we definitely won't wait nearly as long uh, to do our next one. Uh, we'll be back here uh, in the next week or two. So thanks for joining me as always, man. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be chatting soon for sure. All right, sounds good, buddy. All right. Well, thanks again to TJ for joining me on this edition of the Edge podcast. Keep it locked to beaversedge.com. We'll continue to have breaking coverage of everything and everything Oregon State as far as the transfer portal, recruiting coverage, and you know, off-season analysis of the class. We'll also be shifting into some basketball and baseball coverage as well. So it's the time to be to beaversedge.com. Make sure to stay tuned as we'll have continuing coverage of Oregon State athletics.